Welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Hey gang, how's it going? We got a doozy of an intermission for you here uh, this week. First off, we've got uh, a voicemail, and I want to play for you right now, from a longtime listener, and I don't think first time caller, I think uh, Sharon has written in before, but anyway, it's Sharon Horwat. Hi Patrick, this is Sharon. Um... I have a couple of things that I want to say about the Enchanted episode. I know that most of the people who listen to this don't necessarily listen to the original cast of the movies, but you definitely should. It's really entertaining. Um, But thank you so much for talking about Enchanted. Like, that was like, as a 13-year-old girl, when that movie came out, it was like my jam. So thank you for that. Um, Secondly, as someone... I can't remember who says this in the episode. It's either Beth or I think Megan. Um, they mention that they were terrified as uh, at the evil queen in this movie. And I totally understand that because uh, for me, I was terrified of basically any transformation sequences in any movies. And as an added bonus for my wimpiness, I was terrified of the THX sound in movies. I don't know if that was a thing that people were afraid of, but like, if it is, let me know. And also, I think it's really funny that like, Amy Adams has really only been in two movie musicals, um, which is like Enchanted and the Muppets, and now she's going to be in Dear Evan Hansen, and I just think it's really funny that she hasn't been in any other musicals, and I was wondering if you had any opinions on some other musicals that maybe she could have done over the years, or if there's anything that she could be in on Broadway. Um, Anyway, those are my thoughts. Um, Have a good day. Bye! Thank you so much, Sharon, for uh, for sending in that voice uh, memo. Again, you can send a voice memo to originalcastpod at gmail.com. And if it's good and appropriate, I will play it on the air. Uh, and Sharon's was good and appropriate. So here it is. First of all, thank you, Sharon, for being a patron and listening to the original cast of the movies. Uh, and she's right. Everyone should listen to it because it's, it's very charming. Uh, sh- other shows that Amy Adams could do. I think Amy Adams is one of the best actresses going kind of full stop i think her talents are usually very underused uh in the movies that that she's she's in the sort of lighter fare like the muppets and things like that i think she's incredibly charming i think she her if you've seen her in in some of her more intense roles the the master springs to mind for me her she's startlingly good in that but that's not a musical nor should it be um musicals that amy adams could be in i mean i huh I'm kind of surprised she's not in the Into the Woods movie, to be entirely honest, as any of the... the I mean, she'd be a kick-ass baker's wife. Um, I'd love to see her do Dot. 
uh, I, you know, sticking with the Sondheim theme there. When she's older, I would absolutely love to see her as, I think she's Sally, right? She's Sally Durant. Yeah, she's Sally in, in Follies. Um, she she is just a, a, a joy and a, and, a, and a dream for that sort of thing. And she does have a very good voice. I don't know how strong it is um, based on the fact that it's always been pre-recorded. I've never heard her sing live. So I don't know if she has a, a strong voice or the kind of training that could sustain an actual Broadway run. But uh, she would. I would love to see her do it. I, I think she's she's an amazing actress and a, and a great talent. And I would love to see her do almost anything. She she's almost enough to make me excited about the Dear Evan Hansen movie. Uh, yeah. So um, thank you so much, Sharon. That's our voicemail. We also have a uh, a whole second segment here uh, because I, in my internet research, discovered an LP. And I was so excited when I discovered it. I bought it immediately and then uh, immediately texted Serena Berman and told her we had to talk about it and sent it to her and she listened to it. And now we're going to talk about it right after this promo for What Is Love Actually. You know what, Patrick Flynn? What? Beth Amon. I hate this movie. Love Actually? Yes. Me too. But I also love it. Me too. But I hate it. You know what we should do? What? We should get a bunch of people together, split the movie into its 10 storylines, and then figure out this movie one story at a time. You mean people like Keith Powell and Jill Knox Powell from NBC's Connecting? Keith, why don't you show us what porn watching face is? And Washington Post columnist Alexandra Petrak? I don't know. I think every Christmas story is a horror story. Do you think it would work? It actually inspired me to plan my funeral. I dig the uh, brothel angle. Every time I think about the trailer, I'm like, I was misled. I love you. used to wear shag, by the way. Can I mix your ashes with glitter? It's like eight half screenplays just put in a blender. I am positive I stayed with my ex an extra six months because we saw this in the theater. It will definitely work. What is Love Actually? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download. So apparently, hair was so popular, (laughs) which I believe... (laughs) that they recorded and released an entire album with racially questionable cover art um, (laughs) uh, of all the cut songs from hair. It is, how many tracks here? It's a lot of tracks. 18 tracks. Yeah. Um, And some of them, like going down the bed and electric blues are um on or were in the broadway show but were cut from the original lp release of the cast album uh so that's why they're on this album they were Mm -hmm. re-recorded for this album some of them i knew from this album the original off-broadway recording of hair right which is like exana planitude the climax um dead end but again these are all these aren't like What's fascinating to me about Disinherited is that they, it's not like they took, they recorded Going Down for the Broadway cast album because we have it on right, the yeah, CD. Right, yeah, that one was in it, yeah. But it just wasn't, like when they made the LP, they cut it, like they had to cut it for time. So, they, but they had a well, recording of that song and they didn't and just they like. And like island, funky island remix. Right, they like re-recorded everything. <laughs> it's so bananas. I can't believe that they spent the money to record all of these songs and release this album, which neither you and I knew existed. <laughs> Two people who I would say are above average fans of this musical. Yeah, had zero idea. And it's the whole original cast of the Broadway show. It's, it's the whole crew came back 
got paid a week's salary to record this album. It's it's remarkable to me. That this yeah, thing I, I guess it's kind of like if like the the Hamilton mixtape like somehow mm-hmm. got forgotten in history and nobody knew about it, and then like in forty years, people were like, "Have you seen Have you? this?" <laughs> no. Weird Al did a polka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, those were Hamel drops, right? Not the mixtape. That's right. Those yeah. The well, drops. Or the Hamel drops. The same yeah, they found those. Exactly. That's true. Between Hamilton, the Hamilton mixtape, and the Hamel drops, you have a four album a set of music around this. Someone, this a- yeah. Some of the Hamel drops are something someone's going to find that, like, mm-hmm. something that gets lost. And the Decemberist. Like, this relic you know. of history. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some Decemberist completist out there in 20 years yeah. will find this recording. And go, what was this? And be like, oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton was very popular. But it is kind of on that wavelength where a show is so popular and people are dying for content so much that you could just, you could do this. That people at RCA, like not some rinky dink label, but RCA would go, (laughs) yes, let's do that. Let's produce this. Let's do, let's, I I definitely want to talk about this show and its association with Native American imagery. Uh, Yeah. Well, like um, Manhattan Beggars got some interesting stuff going on. So that was my first question, actually. So I listened to this thing a bunch. Was there any particular song that stuck out to you as a like, oh, this this should like, not maybe this should have been in the show, but like would be neat if this was in the show? Hmm. I really, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was the first, because it was the first track, but I really like 1,000-Year-Old Man. The war was over several hours ago, and the future is speeding on, aluminum people. There's a new world coming, a new world coming. Although in some ways it feels it, I it almost feels derivative of the show. It feel you're like this is kind of this was in it. No, it wasn't. Like it it sounds enough like other tracks in the show mm-hmm. that I guess I kind of understand like why. But there were a couple. I mean. I think, like, the Mr. Burger song is really fun. It would have been, like, a fun bit in the show. Like Sheila Franklin getting some extra stuff. That's always fun. Sheila Franklin's second semester, and why you and she's a protest. 
It was funny to me how a number of the songs, probably half of them, are much more Broadway than the rest yeah. of the score. Like Sheila Franklin is a pretty Broadway '60s song, um, bopping around about like who this I mean, character it's a is. Country western, which they sometimes do mm-hmm. in the show. That's sort of like another time they do that. They get a little like with it yeah and it kind of it kind of twangs like you say and it it so like that one yeah um so sing the children of the avenue is one that i thought was cute that but... one grew on me the mm-hmm. first time i heard it i was like boy this is annoying and then <laughs> i could, same with washing the world I, that, that one especially but then it really grew on me and now i'm like singing so sing the children of the avenue like It's a very hair song and then it starts out being yeah. sweet and then suddenly gets manic. But both that and 1000 year old man are from were cut from the trip. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're in that sort of three, five, zero, zero black boys. white right. boys. And you he- right. Thing. You start to feel the yeah, the three like the the tricks, the like, well, we start um, sunny and we trick you and then it's dark and you hear it. Like in the cuts, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, it's such a. I, I like Mr. Burger. That's another musically kind of thing. Very um, musically, and I and could fun. imagine like a fun staging of it. Yeah, and it's it. It could be a neat that that could fit. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to cut stuff. Obviously, it's not better than mm-hmm. going down. It's not better than Donna. So, you know, it has to it has to go. Uh, was there anything in it you, j- you definitely did not enjoy? <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- I mean. Well, I was going to say Washing the World, but then it really grew on me. Washing the world, we're gonna scrub it sunny. Washing the world, we've got a little dream. Washing the world, we're gonna scrub it sunny. Washing the world. I can't justify Manhattan Beggar. Like, we're past that culturally, I hope. <laughs> I don't know right. what to do with that we'll one. Put a pin in Manhattan Beggar for a second because it, okay. it bears longer discussion. More discussion. Um, it does. I'm trying to Like, Exeter Planet Hooch is a song I think is terrible. I always have. I was, that was what I was going to say, but I had heard that one before. A planet in another galaxy Exanoplanetouch A place where all the people look like me 
but I mean, as a song that was supposed to be the finale of the show, well, I guess yeah. the climax was kind of the f- finale. It's it's different reports, it, but it's like this weird medit it, 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 it weird meditation on like Claude's vision for a planet that is perfect, which includes the unfortunate lyric where everyone looks like me, which <laughs> he means hippies like he means yeah he he means means everybody looks like what's not conventional but he accidentally ties it to like homogeneity but that's the thing and that's the thing about like what this album really revealed to me because it it was first of all it revealed i think how how well written hair is that they had all this material and they were smart enough to cut it and replace it with better material so that's that's fantastic two it solidified for me that galt mcdermott is like an amazing composer and how much can do anything how yeah. much better he made the ragni and rado's words sometimes dealing with stuff that is nonsense and turning it into <laughs> like a pretty good a pretty good tune um he's got kind of a, he's got kind of a liz suedo's vibe in this oh, on, totally. over these three albums like yeah it, it feels very liz suedo's um but the third thing it revealed for me and maybe this is just where we're living is the boomerness of it all, which ties into the Native American imagery yeah. thing, where it just feels gross a lot of the time. Like I, I, I guess I, and I also the thing is like I can follow through research and and my knowledge of the time and stuff like that. I can follow intention a lot in 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 what the hippie culture, especially New York hippie culture was going for, but you lose me at the Native American thing so fast. I don't I get it and at the same time I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's tr- yeah, in some I mean the the show, the album, all of it, like, is so ahead of its time in so many ways. And this is just really not one of them. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it's so funny that it's, like, it's part of the off-Broadway cast album. It was part of the off-Broadway show. And it's part of Disinherited. But it is not part of the Broadway show. The Broadway yeah. show, except for the fact that they're called The Tribe, excludes all of that sort of the overtness of it anyway and yeah that's so smart (laughs) and i mean it's something i i hear more recently that like uh, was never talked about um when i was younger like you know the way we use tribe being problematic Mm -hmm. like and powwow and things like that like Mm -hmm. in a kindergarten class you know Mm -hmm. that that yeah, there's. Well, we sat Indian style on the floor. I mean, that was oh, a big. Oh, abs- yes, Indian, you know. sit Indian style on the floor. Nobody yeah, questions yeah. this. Right. Well, my kids would. My kids all sit crisscross applesauce. That is, if you if you said if you said <laughs> sit Indian style, my kids would have no idea what you're talking about. Applesauce was used but, to combat racism. It is such a. I, I get there is a sort of like two prong, back to nature, natural long hair style that they're co-opting from Native American culture. There was also, at the time, it is important to remember, the biggest thing in in media, especially on television and the movies, was Westerns. And so there is a real identification with the, you know, when they're doing Cowboys and Indians, there's a real identification with- it's anti-cowboy. It's anti-cowboy, it's anti-establishment, it's anti-government, it's anti-war, it's all this anti-this, anti-that. So that is the best and purest reading of this intention I can give it. Yeah, and I mean, what I take from it also is like, it feels cheeky, like, oh, we, I'm confronting Mm -hmm. you with something you don't like to think about. Mm -hmm. I'm 
being subversive by this mm-hmm. like cheeky, you know, usage of this culture because appropriation wasn't a, a discussed thing at the time. Like that. Right. So that's, yeah, I think that's the intention. It's just, yeah, she don't hold up. No. And it's, there's uh, also what I'm also colored by the fact that around the same time, there is a there's a comedy group I'm a huge fan of called the Fire Sign Theater. I don't know if you're aware of them. They released yeah. records. They were a comedy record group in the late 60s and early <laughs> 70s. And they're phenomenal. Kind of like American Monty Python type surrealist mm. stuff. But they do a sketch on the, with their first album, which came out the same year as Hair, where it's about Native Americans and about the appropriation of that culture through history, starting with like the Spaniards and going all the way up through the that that time the present with like ends with native americans being extras in a movie and uh but one of the things that happens is like a hippie shows up at one point and like does this whole thing about how like hey man don't let them bring it down now there's a lot of young people in this country just like myself who really know where the indians at and don't worry soon we're all going to be out here on the reservation living like indians and dressing like indians and doing all the simple beautiful things that you indians do and it's this real like like this is what you're really into is is it's like you're not really here to protect or love or serve anybody and so that thought has been in my head since i was a kid when i first heard that recording and so any of this stuff always feels icky yeah well i mean it's like literally that's definitionally appropriation like Mm -hmm. i'm taking the parts of your culture that appeal to me and the way that I like think and feel and want to be perceived and like putting them on my body without any regard to anything else mm-hmm. about you and like my historical perse- persecution of you. Yeah. So, yeah. So I will admit when this arrived in the mail, the cover made me sad, but it, it, because <laughs> it is just what also it just confused me again because it, it's also not imagery I associate with the show. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it, 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 except for the fact that it's on the the off Broadway recording, and uh, it, it is not like when I did hair, we didn't have any of that stuff in it. Well, I wonder where that pruning came from, because obviously, yeah, like a tribal musical. I and I, I wonder how much more a part of its conception that was, and like how it fell away. I mean, it was obviously a big part of the of the of the creation of it, but yeah. and, and some of the costuming certainly of the Broadway production had Native American aspects to it but it still didn't it's not as prevalent as this these two like the two albums the book and the broadway cast would have you believe they would have you believe just by the art would have you kind of go oh it's it's an integral part of the show and i mean maybe it was in the conception but it certainly wasn't in the broadway execution from what i can from what i can tell um yeah mercifully yes very mercifully (laughs) (laughs) are there any songs that you hated that you were like please never put this in well that's the thing is i was gonna say one of the things that struck me about it was the fact that excluding the ones that are already in the show um i i didn't i don't think any of them should be in the show i'm with you i think the best one is is what's it called the one thousand year old man Without question, that's a really good and the song that follows it. But mm-hmm. no, I miss nothing. Usually, when you hear cut songs from a musical, there's usually one where you're like, "Oh, that'd yeah, be nice that's to be true." In the show. You know what I mean? But like, I wouldn't put these in my book. I wouldn't give these to anybody as a fun one to sing. 
it's a neat thing to have. I'm glad I listened to it. And I'm glad I have a playlist now that is like I can put on shuffle, which is like 50 songs from hair. And I will say when I do listen to it that way, which I have done, they, they blend in and out nicely. Like they fit with the musical. They don't feel wildly out of place. I like that it's a fully produced album. So I get, I get the full scope of this. It's not just some people at a piano, you know, like rock. Yeah. I get the full sense of what the song was meant to be. Uh, and it was a sort of a sense of its arrangement, but no, I don't, I don't miss anything from it. And I don't really, I, listening to this, the songs don't really stand out that much from each other. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what I like is when you sort of find these little pockets of weirdness in them where you're like, someone just did something weird. I don't know if that happened in the recording studio. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was something that like happened in a rehearsal room somewhere. Like, I don't know exactly where that came from, but there is a certain like, fun feeling of spontaneity like woven throughout it which mm-hmm. is fun and which you can imagine would be fun to watch like if you were watching the show yeah but nothing all you're right nothing all that memorable nothing i'm not gonna when i'm going through the original cast album i'm i, I won't be sad oh the rest is silent Ah!